Have you ever realized that you don't have any stories to tell? Why is that? Are you lacking in things to do? Do you have a lack of questions to ask and what to go through in your life? Are you lacking a fundamental experience from your childhood? This week on Noted, we talk about experiences as another reason of why we teach kind of a part two to the concert competition question but why do we teach and what kind of things are we creating experiences are we creating for our students and for ourselves through music making this week on noted welcome to episode six actually episode six, of Noted, a music education podcast. I'm your host, Jameson McCafty. I'm the director of choirs at Round Rock High School in Round Rock, Texas, and I'm also the assistant director of music ministry at Bethany United Methodist Church here in Austin, Texas. And I'm so glad you're here for for week six um, of this uh, conversation that we've been having. Um, and so this week... Uh, we, we're going to talk. We're going to continue the conversation from last week. So last week we talked about um, why. What's your why? Why do you teach? What do you? Why do you do what you do? And we talked a lot about in, in the context of um, of, con- of the contest that the the choral world here in Texas uh, deals with, and what is the point. Of contests, as is it that goal, uh, or is it just a competitive drive to be the the ruler of the world, or is it a goal, a target for your students to uh, work towards and achieve, other than uh, just a concert, uh, something to help them achieve and achieve something bigger than themselves. So, through that conversation and through reflection, uh, throughout this rest of this week, and. Um, and just lit, talking to other people about about the podcast and stuff, uh, I realized I left out a lot of stuff about why we teach. This could be such a like a multi part series on why we teach and why we do what we do. Um, but so much of what we do is about experiences um, and being a part of an experience, being a part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, that is the glory, uh, gloriousness of team sports or just being a part of a team in general. Um, you know, <laughs> I am probably the least athletic person on the face of the earth. I played disc golf. Um, I grew up, I played sports. I played base, peewee baseball and basketball. Um, and, uh, I, uh, sailed, uh, race Catalina 22s with my dad, uh, growing up, but I, I, I'm not what you would say an athlete. Um, I'm probably the exact opposite of an athlete, but I am such an avid sports fan and I, I follow a lot of coaches and listen to a lot of coach speak and my kids in my class make fun of me all the time because I'm always using, uh, sports analogies. And they're like, did you just come up with that at the top of your head? And I'm like, most of the time, yes. Um, Sometimes I have an actual point, um, but just like this podcast, I, I just kind of talk and let the words kind of come out of my mouth and wherever they, whatever path we go down, we just kind of go down that path. And so, um, but I, you know, 
being a part of a team and that team aspect, it's not about you. There's no I in team is the catchphrase, the the cliche catchphrase. Um, And it's all about building something, working together uh, to achieve a common goal. That is the gloriousness of team sports. Um, and that's not saying anything against individual sports, but um, that's also like the, glo- the, the amazingness of um, the Olympic sports because that is a lot – Olympics, it's a lot of uh, individual sports, uh, track and field, um, uh, skiing, uh, figure skating, all those, all those events, all those sport, individual sports – they're not just fighting, playing for themselves anymore. They are playing for themselves, but they're also playing for a greater team honor of their country. Uh, to hear that national anthem played when they win that gold medal um, and, and achieve the pinnacle of success. So um, being a part of a team is super, super important. And, um, you know, I think choirs, bands, orchestras, an ensemble is just as much that same thing. We're not keeping score. We're not um, in an athletic contest, but we are part of a team. Uh, we have to listen to blend and balance. Uh, we have to work together. You, you have to keep time together, um, breathe together, cut off together. Everything has to be coordinated together for that common goal of musical artistry. So um, one of the cool things about these teams that we build, um, not only is it about the music making, some of the greatest memories I have growing up are certain um, musical memories that are associated with places or things or uh periods of time, I can close my eyes and I can be taken to that, that piece that we were singing. Uh, an example of that was uh, my first year in uh, acapella choir at South Carolina High School. Um, our director's mom, uh, Stan McGill's mom, uh, passed away. And we were, had been working on the Daniel Grothrop Sing Me to Heaven. Uh, at the time, it was a fairly new piece. And um, as a, as a young sophomore in varsity mixed choir, there were only four of us, four sophomore guys, uh, two sophomore girls. Um, so six sophomores total, you know, in a group of 64, uh, we, you know, we're part of a legendary ensemble and, and a legendary program. And so we, we just did what we were told, but, you know, on the day of our fall concert, you know, I just get a call from, um, one of the neighbors down the street that's in acapella he's an officer and said hey i'll be at your house at in 10 minutes make sure you're dressed in your tux and ready to go and this is day of the concert um and i just said okay and we hopped in the car and we all surprised our director by showing up to um to the visitation which was the day of the concert and surprised him by singing sing me to heaven that memory is ingrained in me. That that experience. Um, all I tell so many stories. Um, my kids love MCAF story time. I tell about stories, not just my personal stories, but um, 
other stories, but about choir wise, I tell stories about the experiences I had so that they can, because I relate to stories because my dad told stories and I relate to him. Um, and so finding those experiences, those are the things that we cherish for many moons. Um, one of the, you know, downfalls of society as, uh, Charlie Strong, former, uh, coach at the University of Texas, uh, football coach at the University of Texas, he said um, that social media is the downfall of society. And while he was being way overdramatic, way overdramatic, he's not wrong. Uh, he, um, I don't remember the instance of that, the this instance of situation around surrounding that, why he said that, but he's not wrong. What he, um, what we have, what I have found over the years is Facebook and Twitter um, can cause so much hatred and vitriol towards individuals, towards groups, because people just hide behind a veil of a keyboard and can write all sorts of different things. But one of the things it is good at is letting us relive memories, relive things, uh, share in our past, in our, you know, in our memories, share in those experiences. Um, when we, uh, when I have a concert, when I do something and I post, because that's pretty much all I post on Facebook anymore about is either my children, uh, or my kids at school. Um, whether it's doing the midnight madness party that we did in high school, that I did in high school with at South Garland, uh, or, um, performing our big show with our show showstoppers, our show choir, um, and posting those, those pictures and those, those videos, those commercials, those, those advertisements. I get so much feedback from other students, uh, other friends on Facebook that were part of those stories in my past. Like, Oh my God, remember when we did this? Oh my God, that was so cool that you're doing that. So it's all about those experiences. So uh, one of the reasons we teach is to share in those experiences. Um, and so as we, again, as we're coming up onto this, this evaluation time period, this contest filled time period, um, one of the other things that we can focus on is not just, um, the music making, not just all that, that extra stuff, blocking out that noise of that comparison, but also focus on creating that experience for your students. What are they going to remember many moons down the line? Not every one of them is going to continue being a musician, but are they going to, what are they going to remember about next Saturday in San Antonio? Are they going to remember that choir that they were part of, that experience, that team building, that moment they created on that stage? Are they going to remember watching another choir have that same moment? That's what we should be doing 
It's creating experiences, creating memories for our students to share with them and cherish with them for the rest of their life. There are certain songs that I've sung throughout my career, certain pieces of music that create a auditory, a visual, uh, a memory in me because that experience we had there. Uh, I can close my eyes and still picture myself in Westminster Cathedral, not the Abbey, uh, but the Catholic Church down the street from the uh, Abbey, uh, a Byzantine architecture, um, magnificent building, and that concert we performed there. And for whoever happened to be touring the the church that day, um, I can remember singing Beautiful Savior in St. John's Church of Upper Norwood, just a little church in a suburb of London. Um, and all the, the only audience we had at this church were the church ladies that provided the potluck for us. They're in England providing food for this random choir from Texas. Like the church ladies at our home, you know, um, and they're there to be part of something special because we're putting on a concert all the way from Texas in London, you know. Um, I remember the parties, the the social activities we did, um, and all those fun things we do. I, I remember I, I equate so many things in Taylor when I, my first year's teaching, the the kids seeing the joy on their face when they uh, finally achieved something bigger than they ever had before. You know, um, many, many years ago when I was leaving high school and thought I was going to go to be a performer, I was going to be a singer. Um, and I went to TMEA that year and I saw St. Olaf uh, and Dr. Anton Armstrong and St. Olaf Choir uh, sing at TMEA as an invited choir. And watching them sing and watching them work together in that experience and watching Dr. Armstrong work, I knew in that moment right there I wanted to be a music educator. I didn't want to sing. I mean, I love singing, but I didn't want to be in the spotlight. In that way, I wanted to craft the music and then be able to turn around and acknowledge the ones who did the work. That's the experience I want every time one of my choirs takes the stage. Whether it's a children's choir um, at church or... Uh, the Chancel Choir of Bethany EMC or Round Rock High School Dragon Corral or whatever group I'm standing in front of waving my arms. I want th them to connect with the audience. I want them to have that experience. That's why I teach. So what experiences are you building? So uh, here in the next several weeks, we'll have a discussion with uh, uh, members of uh, 
of trip companies um, uh, and talking about how to put together one of those. But start small. How do you um, how do you build um, that tradition? Those traditions, those moments. Um, you know, some programs have lots of tradition. They have, uh, you know, they sing the same song at the end of every concert. Um, there are certain songs that they sing that uh, seniors live their entire secondary life wanting to come and sing that song. Um, you know, I, I uh, growing up, I had the same thing. I, I saw Showboaters, uh, our high school pop group, um, first time I saw them in kindergarten, come to our elementary school, I went home that day and said, I want to be a part of that group. I'm going to be a showboater. And one day I was. That experience drove me to be that part of that group. What are your traditions? Are they just there? What's the, what, what purpose do they hold? Um, Traditions for tradition's sake, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. But um, if they have a why, if they have a cherished memory um, that connects someone else back to your family, back to your organization, that they can come back many years later and be a part of that, then that's important. One of our Round Rock High School's traditions is um, we close the. Uh, our spring concert, um, with, uh, uh, not one sparrow. And, um, you know, the text, not one sparrow is forgotten. Even the Raven God will feed. Uh, it's, it's important, you know, it, it holds a special meaning to me from my time at Texas state. Um, but the meaning is regardless of the story that, connects to that one um it holds a special meaning because once you're part of our our family the dragon family you will always be a part of that family and we will always be there for you regardless of where you go what you do you are part of us and we want to hold you and cherish you so we want that experience to be there so what experiences are you building That's why we teach. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, so this is kind of two part on a part two of the why we teach, but I think this one's more important of the two. Um, and um, I, I uh, we get to this point in time of the year and everything we do is comparing ourselves, comparing ourselves to, um, some sort of mythical standard. It's not mythical. Uh, UIL has a rubric. The festivals have a rubric that judges are supposed to follow. Um, and, but it's very subjective to an extent and we're comparing ourselves. And then we go to these contests, we watch other choirs and we compare ourselves to them So last year, so, you know, these last several years have been actually very difficult for everyone. 
as we've come out of the pandemic. Um, and, you know, Round Rock High School in 2020, we went to MadFest and we got in our second year of going to MadFest, we got our performance of distinction. We worked exceptionally hard and we blocked out all that noise. And we, we listened, we compared ourselves to other choirs, not to say, are we as good as them? Um, but to say, what is their sound? We asked questions about how did they achieve that sound that we want to match? And as, as we asked those questions, we applied it to our craft and we continue to, um, build upon it and clean and polish and make, and we made that program exceptional. And we got a performance of distinction. We finished in that top, top half, that top quarter of choirs at the contest. And when then we went two days later to UIL, um, the accolades came flowing in of like, y'all just do it better. You blah, blah, blah. You know, what are y'all doing over there? Oh my God. It's so awesome. Then the world shut down, literally the next day. <laughs> um, and we didn't come back to school till August, and the world was changed. We went to Madfest the next year, but we recorded it wearing choir shirts and jeans in our lobby of our school, because we don't have an auditorium. And we recorded it with an iPad. And some schools recorded it with professional sound and had an audience, or, you know, everyone did treated it a little bit different. And we did well, but we didn't get a performance of distinction. Then we went last year, our our fourth time competing at, at Magical Chamber of Magical Festival. And we were really proud of our of our work and our pro, our product. But when it came down to it, if we were being really honest with ourselves. We didn't do all the things we needed to do. And a lot of that falls on me. I'm the director. Uh, I didn't teach as well as I should. I didn't block out the noise the way I should. I wasn't as tenacious with my rehearsal product as I should have been. So we came off our stage. We were we were pumped. We did great. We were We were so excited with what... Um, what we did, and we had a great clinic with uh, uh, Dr. Trisha King, and um, we were feeling pretty good. We went to lunch, and then we came back. We got back to the church around two thirty, and we watched the choirs from two thirty to five thirty. We watched every choir. And that part of the contest is what's, you know, is affectionately known as the winter circle or the gauntlet because those are some of the best, best choirs in the state. And last year they proved it. Every single one of them came with their A game or higher than their A game. I don't know what letter that would be, but it was truly amazing to watch. We listened to 13 choirs. 
then we listened to the Kingwood Madrigals sing their honor concert because they'd won the previous year. And then we listened to the awards. And we got our one. And that's all we got. And so, which is nothing, there's nothing wrong with what, what we got. Um, but I could see the disappointment on my students' faces. Then we got on the bus to go home. And a couple of them came up, a couple of seniors came up and sat next to me. And they asked why. And I didn't really have an answer for them. Other than, well, they were four placed, including grand champion. So grand champion, first runner-up, second runner-up, third runner-up. So that's four. And then there were ten performance of distinctions. That's 14 choirs. We listened to 13. Were we better than any one of those 13? Well, no. And I just let that ant- I just let that sit there for a second. And I said there was nothing wrong with our performance. We did great. We just didn't do enough to beat them. And so my students were comparing themselves to these other choirs and were judging these other choirs. But what what was that? What were they lacking? They were lacking a very important concept. And they weren't asking why they those other choirs were so good. What were they doing? They weren't asking as we went throughout the year when we listened to an exemplar recording or when we listened to our recordings back. They weren't asking the question, what do we need to do to be better? They were just judging the other choirs. Too many times as we go through this world, as we go through this life, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about uh, the Team EA preview. We go to these concerts, of these invited concerts, of these choirs that earned the right to be there. And we judge them for their choices that they make, for, um, for their journey. We don't know their story. We don't know why they were picked. We weren't in the room listening to their recording because we never took the time to ask the question, well, what do you do in your submission? No one asks the question, how did you get here? I have friends and colleagues that just go, well, I'm as good as they are. And my response back to them is, are you? I think you're very good. But are you as good as them? Maybe today you are. But what about yesterday? What about tomorrow? Um, Asking questions. So I'm sitting in my daughter's bedroom helping her uh, get ready to go to bed. And uh, every night with both my daughters, um, every night that I'm putting them to bed... I uh, we watch TikToks, TikTok time, 
and um, one ran across ran across one today, and it it just I was going to we were already going to I was already going to talk about this, and so um, and so we watched this one tonight, and this is what we ended it on, and so I'm going to kind of let it do the talking, so. I learned this quote from Ted Lasso, which I, who I love. Love Ted but, Lasso. But he was quoting Walt Whitman in the famous dart scene. Yo, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. Then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. Be curious, never judge. So I get back in my car and I'm driving to work. And all of a sudden it hits me. All them fellas that used to belittle me, not a single one of them were curious. You know, they thought they had everything all figured out. So they judged everything. They judged everyone. When I started exploring what judgment actually means, I realized that it's taking a person and thinking that you have enough evidence to reach a final conclusion on them. And I realized that they're underestimating me. <sighs> Who I was had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> if they were curious, they would ask questions. You know? Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? We never will have all the information on a person. To, to judge is really unfair to anyone. So it's like, okay, the best I can do is just try to understand you. Which I would have answered, yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father, from age 10 to 16, he passed away. Yeah, because most people don't even know their own whole story, yes. you know? I'm still on a path of my self-discovery. Exactly. I am still curious about myself. There's still layers there. So this is from uh, the Delightfully Dysfunctional Pod with Kilani and James. Uh, and of course they were using a quote from, uh, and so the, the TikTok handle is Delightful Pod. Um, I'm not quite to the level of having my own TikTok, so we're working on it. But um, that being said, um, they're using Ted Lasso. And so the set up the scene, um, for those who... Uh, you know, I don't have a video of this, but the setup the scene is they're in a they're in a bar and the uh own with the owner and the Ted Lasso, the coach, and of this British uh football club. And uh they're they're in an argument with uh the former owner and ex husband of the owner of the team and um he challenges him to a game of darts and if he if the Former owner wins, he gets the team back, and Ted goes away, no longer the coach. Uh, and um, and Ted takes him up, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, no, 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 do that!" You know, blah blah blah. And then Ted wins, and he went as he's winning. He goes, he uses the, that quote from Walt Whitman um, to be curious, not judgmental. 
So as we enter this season, this season of experiences, choir trips and um, and social activities and performances that mean so much to the students, whether it's a contest performance or a masterwork or an opportunity. We just finished with Team EA, which is another whole experience for those all-state students or those invited choirs. Uh, we just got finished with ACDA this last week, and, and I have a lot of FOMO from watching all the videos from concerts from my friends who were there in Cincinnati watching these amazing choral concerts and these experiences that these kids got, got, got to have. Uh, making music on the stage in front of audiences that are just encapsulated and just drawn into every moment that they're creating on that stage. Don't judge them because they got to have that story. Don't judge them for something you may or may not have liked be curious. Ask the question. I think I said it last week. Um, you know, I have a really good core group of choir director friends um, that I've I've really done a. I, at least I hope I have. They may say different, but I try to do a been trying to be a better person and not judge others for what choices they make. If your choir doesn't want to do Chamber and Magical Festival, that's fine. That's your choice. It may not be the best option for you. I don't judge you for that. I encourage you to join because I watched what it's done for my students and if you want to create that experience for them, if you want to challenge them to be better, here's an opportunity. Ask me questions. But my core group, one, with the disc golf choir directors, um, we don't ever talk about choir unless it's like, hey, are, are, you, are you doing that piece? Dibs. What are you doing? You doing Psalm 96 by Spain League? Oh, good. I won't do that. Oh, someone else's seven, by the way, seven choirs at MadFest on Friday or Friday and Saturday next week are doing this failing Psalm 96. Um, but we don't talk about that. We encourage each other um, to, to ask questions. So, Last two, several, however, however many weeks ago now it was, at the last night of Team Yay, you know, I asked, was sitting with Michael Zook and was asking him questions on, hey, what'd you do to build that program? Not the choral department, but that program. What'd you, what'd you pick for um, your submission to get selected? I'm not comparing myself to Vandergrift because Round Rock is different than Vandergrift. And comparison is the thief of joy. I'm asking questions on how he's achieved what he's achieved 
so that we can apply those concepts and those things to our experiences and make them our own. So that I can help my students and myself create another experience. Be curious, not judgmental. Leave it to Ted Lasso, a sports drama, to encapsulate everything that we try to do in our world. Be curious, not judgmental. Well, that will do it for episode six. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're getting a lot out of these uh, and my ramblings. I promise we're going to have other people and other things to talk about here soon on these show on this show. Um, but uh, this is a big couple weeks coming up. So uh, if you're in the Central Texas area tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, well, actually probably tonight, if you're depending on when you're listening to this, but on Monday, February 27th at Hope Presbyterian Church in Austin. In Texas, over on off of Anderson Mill Lane, uh, we have the Central Texas Madrigal Festival Showcase, uh, featuring schools from uh, Anderson High School, uh, chamber choirs from Anderson High School, uh, Dripping Springs, Bert, uh, Belton, Leander, Marble Falls, uh, Hayes, um, McNeil, Round Rock, Westwood, Vandergrift, Vista Ridge. Um, I think those are all the the schools but featuring uh, choirs from all those schools uh, will be performing a concert kind of as a uh, showcase of who the couple choirs went last week to North Texas uh, but also to celebrate uh, and help prepare for those going to uh, the Chamber of Magical Festival in San Antonio this coming upcoming Friday and Saturday um, uh, that concert will start at 6 p.m. Uh, it's free to the open to the public, um, and we encourage you to come out. And if you want to hear really, really high-level music, uh, and you know four different versions of the Svalings Fall '96, come on out uh, and join us for this concert. Um, again, it starts at six uh, with the Westwood High School uh, Innova uh, Travel Choir as they they showcasing their work that they did last week uh, and, and ending with uh, the Vandergrift High School Chamber Singers uh, who just came off of their performance in Cincinnati uh, at the American Choral Directors Association uh, conference and so um, you will not be sorry to miss 12 of these these 12 choirs um, perform uh, on on Monday uh, you will not be disappointed you don't want to miss it uh, and then of course we have uh, on Friday and Saturday at University United Methodist Church in San Antonio off De, De Zavala Lane. Um, we'll have the Chamber of Magical Festival uh, starting on Friday, I believe, at like 5 o'clock. Uh, you have choirs uh, on Friday evening and then all day Saturday. Um, Round Rock High School performs at 140, uh, 115 
on Saturday um, and uh, other local schools. Uh, and then uh, there'll be at 5.20, there'll be a demonstration, an interactive demonstration by Moira, Moira Smiley, uh, who's a musical artist. And then the honor concert by last year's champions, Cy Ranch uh, from Cy Fair ISD. You can uh, open to the public. You do not want to miss uh, this opportunity. It's a packed house, uh, and this is the best of the best choirs in the world. If you're a fan of choir, come out and see us and uh, um, and uh, support us, uh, all the choirs that are part of this. Uh, we want to be curious of each other. We do not want to be judgmental uh, in this process. This is what's so cool about this process is that the directors that are here are helpful to each other to make these experiences and make these stories and the kids are cheering each other on that is what's so special about this and then uh, next week, uh, Region 26 Vocal, High School Vocal Division uh, will be having our UIL Concert and Sight Reading Evaluation at Georgetown High School uh, starting on Monday at uh, 9.30 a.m. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 9.30 every day till uh, 7 o'clock or so at night. Um, we'll have choirs of all divisions, tenor bass, uh, treble, mixed, varsity, non-varsity, sub-non-varsity, uh, all of them will be performing, uh, and, and, you know, their, their crescendo to their big event of the year, um, for a lot of these, a lot of these choral students, so, um, if you want to come see some high-level music, we encourage you to come out and see, but again, like I said, just ask questions, ask what, what are you, if you hear something you like, ask them why, what, what made it, what made it, don't go, don't, be quiet. I know at least if it's me, I want to tell you about it and I want to help you make those experiences uh, happen for your students. And, um, if it's something you don't like, ask them why they did it, why they made that choice. Don't, don't assume, uh, don't judge them for the choices that they make. Um, so, uh, be blessed, uh, and, Hope you have a wonderful uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we're almost to March and spring break. And again, uh, I for for I just can't thank you enough for all the support we have on uh, this show. Uh, and uh, so if you if you like what you hear, make sure you like and you subscribe and share out. Uh, you can find the podcast on any podcasting platform uh, that's out there uh, and then there's a so if you want to support uh, in any other any other monetary way uh, other than sharing it out uh, there's a link in the description uh, you can support uh, that way as well um, I, I'm blessed to do this job I'm blessed to have this outlet uh, and I, I look forward to seeing where this goes over over the weeks and the, the years um, hopefully years um, so but all that being said, uh, for Noted, a music education podcast, I'm Jameson McCafty, and make sure you go out there and you're be being curious.